Quick shout out to our sponsor, Canvas. Canvas is a desk lamp, yes, but it can hold your phone and you can do overhead video and you can do selfie videos and all kinds of stuff for all the video needs on Instagram and TikTok and all that good stuff and, and YouTube and uh, Tube views. Um, I thought, I don't know, I thought I could improv a different video platform and I just ended up switching Tube and you and it didn't Tube views. I don't know. Sounds like used toothpaste. Anyway, Canvas is a product that I am super pumped to be telling you about because I've went through a bunch of really crappy phone holding uh, apparati and busted them, and they either or they were crap. And Canvas is one of those products that is delightful because everything has been thought of, and it's more expensive than the other ones that I had. But it would have saved me money if I would have just bought that first. And as I get on my old age, ripe old age of 36, I have learned to invest up front and save in the long run. And if you need to make video of your process and take videos of you and your studio or, or whatever, um, I suggest just investing in this product because it, it is really legit and you're not going to be disappointed. They are family-owned business out of Birmingham, Alabama, and um, that goes to supporting their team and they clearly care about what they do. Happy to be partnering with them. Go to shopcanvas.co slash pep talk. If you are going to get one, use that link because it, it does help our show. Yeah, go, go check out Canvas today. to episode 400 of the Creative Pep Talk podcast. And so on this episode, it's kind of a special treat. You're going to get all the things you expect to get from a Creative Pep Talk episode and so much more because today on the show, I have a special guest and it is none other than Sophie Miller, my wife. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just did that in my Borat voice in my head. Um, and we talk about this idea of how to find a creative battle cry for the new season in your creative practice. How do you find a mindset, a defining mindset for the next season of your creative journey that will ground your practice and guide you as you go to make decisions and plant seeds creatively? This conversation meant so much to me as well as has really helped me find a thread in my creative work since we had that chat and I hope it does the same for you. The pun wasn't intended, but now I'll say that it was because um, my wife, my wife, uh, my wife Sophie, um, her work is textile art. And if you want to check it out, you can go to at the thread house on Instagram and you can also go under highlights. There's a highlight 2023 art quilt um, and follow along there because 
that's what we're talking about in this episode. The work that she's going to be doing this year is going to be centered on that art quilt and it's going to build up over time. So you can follow along at the thread house on Instagram to follow Sophie's creative journey. And in this episode, we start by just really briefly taking a little recap of this podcast and where it's been and where it's going next. And then we dive into a question that was sent in to me about the tightrope of creative and career. And we go into how to find not just what you want for your creative practice, but what it needs in this next season and how to clarify that and, and how that process is so illuminating to what you should be doing and also alleviates so much tension and distraction. And this was a powerful conversation for me. I hope it is for you. And um, yeah, here it is. Okay. Um. (laughs) I already did an eye roll. I know. That's a good start. Uh, so you already heard Sophie's here. Um, my wife, Sophie is on the show because today is the episode 400 episode 400 of the podcast. (laughs) Um, and, uh, we had you on episode 100, which a lot of you probably haven't heard. And so I thought it would be appropriate to bring you back for this episode as every hundred episodes is a bit, is a bit of a reflection on where we've been. So tell us a little about yourself, Sophie. Well, <laughs> I immediately feel like I need to set the record straight and coming, <laughs> I'm coming, I'm starting in that energy, but I just want to say I am not Sophie pizza. Just get, let the record be clear that yes, she is my wife. No, she is not Sophie Pizza. Well, partly because I don't really identify with pizza. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm Sophie Miller, which I guess is also your name, but whatever. It's like an ultimate mind power move. move. When uh, you you change your name to my name, and then I change my name. How about again? Yeah. How about this name? Will you change it to this? No. So now I'm not even part of my family, but you are. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. Anyway. So yeah, not Sophie pizza, but Sophie Miller. And I thought you could just come in on this episode. We're going to get to a question that I think is, has been central to the 400 episodes that we've done, which is kind of talking about the balance of creativity and career. And the Venn diagram of those things, which is being a career creative. And that is why I started the show eight years ago. Uh, I had went full time into freelance illustration and had, you know, at that time worked with some cool clients, Sony, Google, these sorts of things. And I was eager to share the things that have helped me achieve those things because I have such a, we both have a real passion for creative weirdos. And, uh, and so I just was always instantly wanting to share the things that helped me do that. And that was what the podcast was about when I started it. It was about helping 
people in their creative careers. But over time, I have had a different relationship to that idea. And so I wanted to have you on the show to kind of reflect a little bit about what the next 400 episodes might be about. (laughs) So no pressure, but it's all riding on this. I have no doubts that you have another 400 in you. Yeah, I don't don't see any any sign of slowing down at any point. You have not run out of words yet. No. No. And so, yeah, so I, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about because I, the idea of creative career is still very um, meaningful to me. I find the idea of a creative career or career creatives to be the type of creator that most interests me because I love the balance of science and magic when it comes to creativity. Yeah. I like someone who can, who can show up and, and like Christoph Neiman talks about do good work on purpose. And sometimes it's great, but they, Oh, they know their craft and it's a, and it's a lifelong commitment that, and that the career element kind of gets to that. I, I, I still, it still resonates with me a lot But over time, having done this for eight years, I've started to feel like, I don't know if that's the best way to describe what this podcast has been. My outside perspective of it is that it is you sharing what you have read and what has inspired you, what you've been kind of ruminating on and what you've been going through and learning and thinking about. With the hope that even if it just encourages one other person to keep going and to believe they're not alone, that 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 is its purpose and value to me is to create a community of a supportive network of thoughts and ideas and encouragement in a world that can sometimes feel like it is either a maker labor type career where you're just showing up and you you're doing like your muscle memory type physical labor that you're highly skilled to know how to do or that you're doing this art that is completely magic and mystery and it comes from the pure dimension the purest man. deepest yeah like and i think you know both of those we relate to both of those yeah but there's also a lot of in between where it's like well, in order to access either of those, you have to kind of do some deep digging. You have to do some all kinds of motivation and you have to kind of find little sparks of inspiration and and um, and and you ultimately have to dig into yourself too. Yeah. like we've we've kind of realized that. And so, yeah, yeah. and I. And later on, when we get into the question, I want to talk about the other reason I wanted you here is because on that spectrum of career to creative, I can really fall off on the career side easily. Like I I like the strategy. I like the, I like the science. I really, really, I mean, I'm getting excited just thinking about touching on the science of telling a story. Like I love Mm -hmm. the formula. I do. I love it. But you have always been a reminder and a counterbalance 
to remind me that it's not all that. And I deeply, I have a part of me that is drawn to the melancholy, to the magic, to the spiritual, to the, all that other stuff. And I, and, and later in this episode, I want to get into that side and that's why I brought you here. But before we do that, I wanted to speak to something that you've said to me when it comes to what the podcast is. I think it's kind of two things. There's, there is a getting started priming, getting into the space where you remember why you make art, you feel that spark, you feel sparked. I want to make the show for those two reasons. As someone with ADHD, it's hard for me to shift gears. It's help. It's hard for me to find that hyper-focus. And then it's hard for me to switch gears and do things that I need to do to keep the ball rolling on that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just very hard and to, to, to do that. And so for me, Over time, I love what you said about like making episodes where it gives someone a little bit of that juice that they need to get started and keep them going. Because to me, I've realized that the show is both hopefully a primer for creators, which gets them into the zone to make, and then also a bundling tool where you're doing it while you're doing other things and keeping you sparked as you go, because those two things have been essential to my creative practice. And, and so when you said the thing of people listening, knowing they're not alone, that gets to maybe the most fundamental shift of the show uh, for me and why the idea of creative journey has, has at least become as central to the show as creative career because when I started the show, it was from an energy of a more teacher mindset of like, I want to share the things that I know helped me. I w- these things helped me. They don't seem common knowledge. Um, they weren't, at least they weren't common knowledge for me when I started and I wish I would have known these things. And that energy, when I think about it is a little bit more Gandalf kind of where it's like, Frodo, you need to know these things before you get started, which is kind of the primer thing. But then once I've been making over the years, the word that I've started to use for the podcast is a weekly companion to your creative journey. And to me, that's, it puts me more in the Samwise Gamgee uh, role with Frodo where I'm alongside people while they're making and I'm sharing what I'm learning and what is exciting me right now. Even if I'm like, some of this is tested. Some of this is just making me excited and I'm just pumped about doing it. And so I think, yeah, as I've gone, I felt like maybe the podcast is, has over time become more of a companion than a, than a guide. What are you smiling about? I don't know. It's just so you to find companionship in talking to yourself. It's the most depressing thing I ever heard. Oh my God. What's Mm. hilarious is that what people don't know is that we have an ongoing thread of I'm, I'm introverted and I'm so, uh, interior. I'm a big internal processor. Take these long baths and, and think and write and then do these monologues. And I just have all of that 
going on. And yeah, it's just an ongoing thread in our relationship. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wanted to see what your feeling was about that over time. Like as, as you've watched how I relate differently to the show and maybe, uh, well, the other piece, I think, go ahead. I think that, um, like any career, maybe like you kind of start off with a little urgency of need, like, Oh, I, I need, I need to make money. I need to have a job. Like I need to be an adult. Like life gets serious pretty fast. And so I think maybe the podcast kind of started with more strategic, more of the energy of like, okay, we got to make this work because this is all we know how to do. This is who we are. Like, how do we make this? How can we make this out? What we, what we do for our living? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think it started with that. I, I started with the energy, energy. of survival, telling yes. people, look, this is how I learned to survive. Yeah. This is how I figured out how to make this my living. And there was a lot more desperation of, I got to tell you this. because, And this- maybe you were kind of, and, and, you know, all jokes aside, I do think the podcast was an exercise. It was you telling yourself what you needed to hear. It was you being your own best friend and encouraging yourself. And like, I'm, I'm not, I can't, I'm not sure. I haven't listened to every episode. Oops. But you're not really a, a I've listened to plenty of you (laughs) to know that like you have changed over the years as some of that panic to survive has subsided. You know, you've been able to dig deeper into the whys of what you do and where it comes from and where you end up is, okay, well, who am I and yeah. why, why am I this person? And, and, you know, how and why do I n- a need to express myself now that you've kind of met your needs, you're yeah. able to kind of dig deeper into some of those things that ultimately round, round you out too, as a, as a career creative. Yeah. And also you saying that made me realize that the other thing that has changed is that when I started the show, a lot of the listeners that uh, know that a big motivator for me for wanting to create something like Creative Pep Talk is being neurodivergent, being someone who felt like the only path that I will have to thriving in the world is one that I carve out myself because none of the paths were built for me. And that also was motivated by seeing the same thing in people like my mom and then also friends that were creators or neurodivergent and just realizing like the, the paths that were given were not paved with people like me in mind. And I felt when I started the show that the best thing that I could do is help people like that carve their own path in terms of career. And then because I have this nature of asking why and digging deeper and that so much of my art is about going to a deeper layer, eight years in, uh, the reason why creative journey appeals to me is because I've, I I have this suspicion that there's a more f- fundamental or foundational piece 
that goes before career, which is the what you got at with the finding who you are thing. Yeah. Because for me, yeah, go ahead. And that I was going to say that's that's how we have approached it really differently too. So like if you as a creative tend to fall off the side of the horse of like formula and strategy and the and like science and like really kind of nerding out on that side of it, I kind of fall more off the other side of like art as personal self-expression art as like my art is art and no matter what it is it's art because it's coming from me my spirit and my heart and it's it's my feelings visualized and so like we kind of meet in the middle and and definitely you know we're not we're not opposed to each other and and I think that not only did I feel like in the creative career journey that it was, I learned, I had to learn the hard way and we can get into this at some point that you have to do the personal thing for the, for the personal reasons first in order to even have a career. Yeah. Uh, I had to learn that the hard way, but then even beyond that on a personal level, beyond career, maybe even beyond creativity, I have started to feel like the best thing for a neurodivergent person, the best thing for a creative weirdo in the world, isn't that necessarily that they get this amazing career that is conducive to who they are. But before any of that is that they connect to who they are. They, they connect to their conscious persona of the person they pretend to be out in the world to the deeper self and, and get to know who is that, what's going on there, what are, you know, facing the shadows of things you wish you weren't, all of that deeper connection to yourself uh, and using your art more like a shovel to dig into it before you use it as something to present to the world. I feel like that process of Carl Jung calls it individuation that process is more fundamental and foundational and ultimately more important than making a career out of it. And I do think once you've done that, the career side or, or finding your way in the world is important and, and easier. But yeah, over time, I've, I've felt like the most important thing is that you connect to yourself. Yeah. And I, so from, so for me, the, the first massive piece was to connect to myself and to kind of use art as processing and as therapy and as a way to kind of explore who I am and who I want to be and, and who I'm not. But then I think ultimately where I meet in the middle is by doing that work without filters, yeah, giving myself the freedom to really freely do that work and then meeting in the middle by trying to share it too. And uh, for me, a lot of the really special is in the ways that me kind of bearing all creatively can, I can have connections with others yeah, and it can feel meaningful and it can feel really human I have a lot of, I've, uh, you saying that made me, reminded me of how 
I have several relationships in my life that are like this, where their their role is to remind me of the deeper creative personal side. And my role is to say, is to help them uh, bring it to the world in, what, in, a, in a way in which others can find it and connect to it. Yeah. And I think we all play those roles back and forth and, and all that because, you know, we, we're multifaceted, but I do think that, um, I, yeah, I, I find myself playing that role for friends of mine and them playing that, that role for me. So I want to play this question that we got from a listener because it's really about navigating the tightrope of creative and career and then we can dive into answering it together. So I'm going to play that. Yeah, just one second. Little shout out to our sponsor, Jack Prince, our print partner. We're proud to partner with Jack Prince because I was trying to find another P word to make the alliteration flow, but it didn't work. But the reason we are proud to sponsor with them is because we love the work they do. And we love that they're in Ohio. And um, they, yeah, they make great stuff. I love making prints because the overhead is really low. And um, it's a, it's a, it's, you don't have to sell millions of them to make your money back. And I, yeah, as an artist, it's just something that, you know, I built up over a long time. I've been making prints since. Since the internet sounded like that when you logged on, um, not really. But I've been making prints for like ten years, and it takes a long time to kind of build up a, a shop and a following and all that. But you got to start somewhere, and um, I'm glad I did, and I'm glad that we work with Jack Prints because they make great stuff that um, smells like cinnamon. Um, not really, it smells better than cinnamon, in my opinion. Anyway. Um, Free extra smells with your Jack Prince orders. J-A-K-P-R-I-N-T-S dot com. Go get it if you got print needs. Thanks, Jack Prince. Hey, this is Kristen, and you can find me on Instagram at Kristen L. McGriff. But I had a question for Dr. Pizza. But I was just wondering, I'm going through a career change and I am trying to also just grow my aesthetic. And so I'm making things, but I also have really nice things for my portfolio that I need to make. So when do I decide, how do I juggle that? How do I juggle making my portfolio to get clients in, but also just keep like improving my aesthetic and like what my interests are and just keep growing on that because it's hard to um it's hard to juggle whenever you have to do something you know so static like a portfolio i had to maybe just explain a little bit deeper too like i think i'm just struggling with my portfolio having an aesthetic if i want to go into that and then also exploring like personal projects and side stuff and almost just wanting to be my own artist. So I'm just trying to juggle who I am too, maybe. Okay. So part of the reason why 
I wanted to have you on this episode, Sophie, was because when I hear that question, it's my nature to say something that I think is true, but like a lot of true things, it depends on the context, right? It depends when you, uh, where you are on the journey uh, depends on what the answer to that question is because my nature is to say yes and do both at the same time. And I think that is a good answer except for the fact that there are times when the opposite is the answer yeah. and it means you really do need to separate them out. And so I wanted to have you on the show because you have been the counterbalance for me when I needed to forget about the career, forget about the portfolio and use art to dive into the personal. Yeah. I think it can be really messy when you try and hold all the different intentions for what you want your art to be. And I personally have had a hard time juggling those over the last couple of years. And, um, so about a, a year ago, I got a studio outside of our house and I knew that I would have a problem with the guilt of having that bill and that I would feel the urgency to kind of cover my expenses. And I knew also that that's not the best way to approach creativity. Like you don't make... By putting the pressure on You don't it. come out of the cave of motherhood and... <laughs> make your best work for to cover rent you just don't like yeah and so the first thing that I did was first of all I just said okay you know what you can do an entire lease and you can forget about paying rent like just you're gonna pay it like you're worth that dollar amount and I realized like you know a lot of people don't have that they're not able to do that and and maybe your studio's in your house yeah you know whatever sure but like maybe you're giving yourself permission to do the time. I gave myself permission to do that for the time that I was allowed to spend an entire year exploring creatively. And I also gave myself permission to not have to try and chase making a profit. Well, can I just, yeah, I was going to say, it went, but you didn't do that. It did went, you? Kind of well, in a way. <laughs> yeah. But I also started slipping. I found myself slipping like you do. Like, I, I mean, even creatively, I was doing it. I was doing that same thing where I'm like, you know, thinking I very fully had put a pin in where I used to be creatively and started over with this blank piece of paper. Oops, I just hit something with my hand passionately. <laughs> um, You know, I. I thought that I could just literally put a blank piece of fabric in front of myself and that I would just be able to show up like I used to. Yeah. And I found myself slipping into well, what do other people want this to be, even though I don't even know what that mean. Like, what does that yeah. mean? I don't think people, I don't think there is a need out there in the world for what somebody wants a embroidery artist to do. But somehow I had made this about what other people wanted me to do. Yeah. And so I was trying to make make things that were my skill set, but they were not necessarily they, there was some there was some um, friction between who I was and what I was doing. And I could yeah. feel that friction. 
And and to illustrate an example of that, it was the white, the white fabric. So I was literally sitting in front of a white piece of fabric, starting from zero and expecting it to be there for one. But I was also forgetting who I was. Yeah. It's not that I'm like not a clean person, but I am, I, I can be cluttered and I am clumsy. So it, what I realized is like the whole process of embroidering on this white fabric, I was just constantly nervous that I was going to somehow spill tea on it or like get chocolate on it. And then the whole piece would be ruined. And even when I'm framing it, I'm like, if I like get lotion from my hand on this, it's going to be an oil smudge and I've ruined it. Yeah. And, but I thought, and, and, and it's not that I, it's not a thought. I was doing some exercise, exercises in restraint Yeah. in things. I thought I was narrowing down what was me, but I was actually, I think, isolating maybe some elements of what I was te- like technically and skill wise. Yeah. Um, and I kind of had fallen, fallen and, and I love all of this work. Like it is, it is coming from the right place. It has the right heart. Like I followed really proud of it. Yes. You, I yeah. love it. I like, it was hard. It was, you know, had to let some of it go. And like, um, it came from a very pure spark of inspiration. Um, but you know, we're as creative people, we're always analyzing like, And we're always thinking of where we're going. Um, And so for me, as I took, like, I have to take space from things like, because I get in a really strong mode and then I'm like, can't see beyond my mode and I'm just going. So I was going and we paused like over the holidays and I was just thinking, okay, I, I've kind of fallen into a really good groove of making these little finished pieces. There's something about it that doesn't feel right. And I had done a minor tweak and I had tweaked my base fabric of my artwork from white cotton. This is really, really specific to like an artist's canvas. And that simple tweak told me a lot Yeah. because it told me, oh, I can touch this. I can like, it's not white. It's off white. And I'm so much more comfortable when it's not white. And instantly I thought, Ooh, there's something to this thread. I need to pull this thread here. Yeah. And Pun not intended. Yeah. I only talk in <laughs> sewing, sewing, sewing yeah. analogies and <laughs> metaphors. And so over the holidays I was like, okay, I'm going to really pull this thread and figure out what, what is happening here. And one thing that I always, well, I say always <laughs> for the last year yeah. I have done is I, I surround my, like everybody kind of, you know, you have your influences and inspirations and it's always really refreshing to kind of give yourself those little energy boost, like espresso shots, you know, every once in a while. But one thing I realized about myself was, is that I could do that with my own work. Like, and so I had always had some older pieces from college up, um, which I get is in some ways vulnerable and cringy and to some people it's nothing like what they do or yeah. you know like maybe not embarrassed by their yeah. college stuff perhaps yeah. yeah 
I always had like a lot of that stuff around and for a while I was obsessed with what about that work was not me now yeah yeah which I realized was the completely backwards way of looking at it, at least for me. Mm. So to give you some context, my college pieces were giant wall hangings. They were extremely over the top, very maximalist, very um, all recycled buttons and threads and all kind, all minor techniques as there's words on there, like very extra, like very yeah. like, you know, and all I could think is, well, well, what part of me isn't like that? And I yeah. kind of like, I don't know, somehow ended up going from that to white fabric. And I'm really glad I did because it made me realize oh, I need to go back again. I need to look at who was I in college when I was really, really free. Yeah. And I was not yet a wife and not yet a mother and I didn't have bills to pay and my only job except being a sandwich artist <laughs> was to be an artist yeah. that was my only real purpose new at that list, point new time listeners we met at subway my, yeah. wife, my wife sophie I, uh, and yeah, I, yeah yeah we're sandwich artists um before we were real artists yeah. um in the world but yeah, yeah. Go on. but yeah i feel like there's something to be said for going back to when you felt free as a creative because yeah. you know life kind of gets intense pretty fast and you can lose freedom and you can, you know, you can fall into trying to meet your needs and you make a lot of, um, what's the word? Compromises. Yes. Compromise. Yeah. You make a lot of compromises. And so for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop. First of all, I'm going to stop. It's okay to stop. And it's okay to go back to the beginning. We're not starting over. We already yeah. learned all the stuff. Like we still learn it all, but we're going to review yeah. We're going to go back to the start, not to the actual start, but to where we felt really free. And I started looking through all of that work that I was making and thinking, okay, why, like, what was I doing and why? And, and reconnect with that version of yourself. Yeah. And what I decided to do with my new year was go one step further than my promise to self mm. from 2022. Mm -hmm. And instead of you don't have to make money, you, you're, you have permission to spend this time and you have permission to spend this year and you have permission to take up this space as a creative. Yeah. I went one step further in saying, and I, and I said it to my studio mates, like, and when I said it out loud, I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, was, it's a battle cry. Yeah, it was Creative a battle, battle cry. cry. Yeah, it was. You know what? Like, I'm not gonna pay my rent with art this year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what else? I'm not even gonna make a finished piece of work. Yeah. And nobody gasped, but you can imagine, like, <laughs> <gasps> what? Yes. Like, not even the have shock. anything to sell. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna make some I'm stuff gonna, with no yes. selling purpose. I am going to show up in this space as my freest self. And I didn't say that because I have no intention of making any finished pieces yeah. ever again. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say that because I don't want to sell any art all year because there's something about selling a piece of art that came from a really pure yeah. idea yeah. Th that feels 
very full circle satisfying. It feels like you made a connection with another human. Yes. That I love that element. But what it, what it was, was it was a way for me to tell myself, by, well, by telling myself, you're not going to make a finished piece or maybe you'll make one piece and you'll spend all the year doing it. Yeah. It was another, another level of permission. Yep. But what it also did beyond the permission was take away every ounce of anybody else's influence on what I was doing. Yeah. It took away every ounce of pressure of time, anything that could make me compromise what I'm trying to do. If this piece of art doesn't have to be for anybody it doesn't have to be anything it doesn't even have to be finished that gives it so much freedom to yeah. just be yep. and I wanted to make something that level of free and why did I want to make something that level of free because I wanted to see who am I at the absolute bottom most raw level of creativity as the absolute just childlike artist what needs to come out of me what do I need to say yeah and it's only mid-February I'm only six weeks in and I'm working on one big piece of work that is a hugely personal piece it's it kind of was born from the idea of like the word of the year which was something that I kind of I, I wasn't sure if it was for me that kind of idea yeah but as a visual prompt and as like a diving deeper into yourself prompt, as an artist, it felt really valuable. Yeah. And so having like coming up with this word that I felt like I needed to explore creatively and then giving myself a year to do it. I'm six weeks in. It's looking really very vague. It doesn't look like much yet. And yeah it's hanging on the wall of my studio Mm -hmm. and it's hanging there because my favorite thing about this going to my art studio is seeing my studio mates as um work in progress easels they always have like paintings on their easels that are in progress and every time I go in there they're they've moved them along a little bit and I can kind of see what they did that week And I love that. And so I thought, I'm going to hang this piece up in progress. And so every time they walk in, they see what a week's worth of embroidery and fiber art might look like. And they get to be part of that journey with me as a observer. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm in very early stages and it, and it feels good. And I feel like it's a year that I'm going to, have spent well because I'll have done some deep work in me and yeah. and and I think I'll have I think it's kind of foundational and with such a distance between doing that foundational sort of really raw creative work in college yeah knowing maybe that's where I'm at again yeah maybe I need to I do need to refresh my skills and I do need to learn a few new ones and I do need to restrain a few things and try and put it in different boxes. And, but I also need to 
do whatever I need to do to make it really free so that I find out when it all boils down and it's all that's left is me. Yeah. What's there? Yep. Bunch of little things I want to kind of revisit. But the first thing I want to say, and actually I have a, a preface to this. My preface is this. I think that we have a very deep relationship. Um, we fell in love really hard when we, when we were in college. She's rolling her eyes at me. Um, I do think we have a great relationship. I think marriage is hard. But you and I are also so anti putting on airs and and putting on an image. And we'll, I never want to give the impression like we are model marriage, model citizens. And, and I definitely never want to give the um, impression that I'm model husband of the year, always in the this zone because we fight and we are um, get grouchy and all kinds of stuff. Right. And I say all that because I'm about to say something that will make perhaps seem like husband of the year material. Oh no. Because, well, <laughs> this is why. <laughs> Where are you because going? As you were, Can you get there? Yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> uh, as we got, as, as you were talking, I got emotional because Aww. I, I felt like I'm getting, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm getting, um, tearing up saying this, but I felt really excited to, uh, put a microphone in front of your face because, uh, the book, we did a book, um, in 2017, uh, it was a creative pep talk lettering anthology of a bunch of artists and the dedication was to you. And it said, um, <laughs> good <laughs> Lord. Um, for the, uh, for Sophie who peps talk, who pep talks the pep talker, and I got yeah. emotional listening to you because I thought I'm really excited that people get to hear that in real life. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get. Because you don't have the ego. It's hard to I get airtime <laughs> in our real life and maybe yeah. on this episode in a way. Can I just say you, tr hard to get airtime is a me. metaphor? It's I know. Not, I did it again. Not like, you're not like trying to get on the show and I'm like, we'll see. No, it's not like that I meant, I meant I'm, I'm a passionate person who has lots to say, but I'm yeah. quieter. So yeah. like. It's not as obvious. You don't have as much ego either that says, I need to Gandalf some people. I need yeah. to go tell people. And, and I, I don't know if I would ever even dare call myself Gandalf, <laughs> but whatever. And I just, and I, can I just defend myself? <laughs> no, say, right, we don't want to hear it. Just All move right, on. I won't. But that I was just emotional hearing, getting this on tape, knowing that people were going to hear it because I thought people are, some people will hear that and they'll get it. They'll get the ways in which you have always been a steady counterbalance to my energy of achievement and going out there and getting something. Yeah. I mean, my pretty much 100% of my energy this week alone has been telling you to either slow down, sit down, or <laughs> actually stop. Like, yeah. let's go beyond yeah. slow down and let's actually stop. Because I, yeah, I, I think that there, you know, there's, there's something to energy and I, we have very different energy and, and energy is, it's, it's a huge, interesting thing within our relationship. But I also think that 
sometimes there's a lot to be said from for giving yourself yourself more time. Like, yeah. like I think I feel smothered by a world that tells me I have to be more and I have to be faster and I have to be louder. And I don't want to be. And I, you know, I have enough fight in me at least. And I think this is a testament to how I grew up in that I I actually feel confident enough to say no. You know, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do we're not gonna rush that. You're not gonna rush me and like and I think it's been it's been my pleasure and it's also like my role to show up and say, hey you're you're rushing this project this week. And even though you're worried that it could be too late it's not like yeah. it doesn't matter because it's it's your creativity and and the right time is when it's um, is when it feels right it's not when someone else gives you a deadline yep i uh I which wanted- is which sounds really vague but it's it's specifically in reference to a particular project andy's working on it's a personal project and he approached approaches a personal project in a very different way to how i just explained approaching mine and even though he's given himself in some ways freedom to explore this life story um, kind of themes that he's been writing about. And he's also kind of found himself slipping into the career elements that, ah, uh, what, what does this need to be? What format does this need to be? I need to have it all figured out. I need a timeline. I need a deadline. Like time's running out. And, and the, way I have felt about it is how is time running out for you to tell your life story at 35, 36? (laughs) Like, how is that possibly true? Like, how is it not completely true that the more time you work on your life, the more story you will have? Yeah. And so we've been kind of really pissing each other off this yeah, week yeah, yeah. <laughs> him him trying to go and me trying to he's pumping the gas and I'm pumping the brakes yeah but trying to make it clear like I'm not holding you back it's not it's not holding you back we're not stopping we're just we're just trying to give it time yes. to be what it can be and and you're you're worth that time and this creative project is is worth that time one of the things that uh and ultimately <laughs> to skip to the end yeah i believe that it will be better because of the time that you gave it now like if you give yeah. this project an entire year of a personal project and obviously it can be on the back burner of all the other things you have to do to survive as a, a career if you can put give this personal project time i think it could be what if it could end up being the biggest career thing you ever did because it's so authentic but you kind of gotta trick yourself you can't approach it like that otherwise your brain starts going down all those tangents of like rules and other people's perspectives and what it needs to be and yeah you gotta trick yourself into keeping it really pure Yes. And I, you saying the pump, the brakes and pumping the gas, I feel like the perfect <laughs> image. If you want to know what our marriage is like, 
and and we say this all the time. Do you know what I'm going to say? SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's SpongeBob learning to drive. And Connor will put th- put it in there of uh, uh, you say, all right, go ahead. And I'm like, floor it. And you're like, no, no, floor it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my, I'm flooring it. Yeah. Right. Now, what do you do next? Floor it? Yes. No, no, don't floor it. Floor it? No, 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 don't floor it. Okay, floor it. No. Bob. You know, I was really excited to not have all the answers. I knew for this episode, I knew that we were going to have a conversation and get at when it's time to balance out your professional pursuit with exclusive personal exploration, exclusive doing the work for the sake of it. I knew we were going to go into that. Yeah. And I still feel like I don't have the answer. No. And, and in ha- a way, in a way, I can only really speak to the artist side of it. Like, yeah. because art isn't my career. Right. It's always been something I could approach with a lot of freedom and a lot of like, license so I can't really speak to the balance of it and and maybe you can more in that way but like but I can I want to throw something in here because I feel like as you were going through this isn't an answer but it is a a a kind of rubric for self-diagnosis of where are you at with this particular creative thing that um the the listener that was bringing whether I need to turn it into a portfolio or whether I need, whether I'm in a place to just focus on the art side, um, a self-diagnostic kind of criteria, the, the, the through line that I found in your story and in mine Mm -hmm. is when you're, yes, it's a rushing thing, but it's ultimately when, when you are approaching your practice through the lens of I am behind it's almost always the wrong energy. Yeah. I remember uh, I heard Andre 3000 say um, on a random TikTok, he was saying he's been really uh, mindful about as he aged. Um, he's like hip hop, you know, it's in the word hip. Like when you're young, you're just in it. You're just doing, you're just doing it. Yeah. And he said he'd watch so many of his heroes copy what was hip as they got older and now you're not in it anymore. You're not yeah. where you are. You're trying to be somewhere else. Yeah. And I, in my career, I, and it's a, I, I see this pattern both in your recent experience and an experience I had at a college. When I was at college, I should have been there uh, digging into myself. I, and you described being able to go back to your college, you and looking at that purity thing. But I didn't have that. I spent college trying to rush ahead because I was petrified that I was going to have to um, be stuck at a nine to five and someone with ADHD sit still under fluorescent, fluorescent overhead lighting, feeling nauseous. And so I felt this panic. And it wasn't until... I was actually in my worst nightmare of not just a job that felt like jail, but an actual job in a jail where I felt like I have nothing to lose now because I got out of college. I ended up, 
getting a few lucky breaks, but then it all kind of dried up and I ended up having to get a job at a juvenile detention center. <laughs> My literal worst nightmare. At, I was forced to say, okay, you've, you're in your nightmare. You're not going to rush ahead out of this. There is no skipping the step of diving into who I am as a creator and as a human. And I was forced to waste time, quote unquote, waste time just, and I did this project, which was a, a year long daily drawing project, which you've heard me speak about if you've listened for more than two episodes. Um, but it was a, it was a game changer and it was stuff that I had learned from you which was about enjoying the process, even though I knew there is no way to redeem the amount of time in the same way you were talking about with the blanket or with the, with the project you're doing this year. I mean, where you're, you're going, you know, you are putting more work into it than it will ever be able to sell for. You will never get it back. And it forces you to make it worth it by enjoying it. Mm-hmm. By what would I do if it wasn't going to be worth it other than the process being worth it? And and I see the pattern and I want to go, I want to put a pin in that because I want to go back to talking about hiking. But before we get there um, about doing it for the process, I just wanted to relate that to as I think I'm sure a ton of listeners can relate to this, either feeling left behind um, for any different reason, like I felt in college where I was like, I've got to get ahead of where I am rather than be where I am. You had a similar experience when you got this studio because you had taken a break as a, as a mom and you, and you chose that and you wanted that. But by the time you got to making again, you were getting into that Andre 3000 energy energy and my, (laughs) and the energy I felt at college, which is where I'm at's not okay. I need to go, I need to catch up. I need to be better. Yes. How do I show up as my older and wiser and better self? That is what, yeah. You (laughs) came into it thinking what would not, how can I pick back the thread up um, to use the pun or how, not just that, or how can I tap back into who I am and where I am? You were like, how can I, how can I start creating 10 years ahead of where I was? Yeah. But yeah, that's not. I was trying to move too many steps forward at once. And that gets to the thing I we wanted to talk about, which was on this show um, last year, we talked about Oliver Berkman. He has this thing in his book, 4,000 Weeks of Atelic versus Telic. Atelic is something you do for the sake of doing it. Telic is about the word telos, which is goal, something you do to get somewhere. And his example in the book is a hike, a hike that's a loop. Uh, you do it for the for the hike. You don't rush it because you're actually doing it to do it. Mm-hmm. You're not rushing it to get back to the start. You're, you know. True. But it, however, right? yeah. there's a secret to telling yourself you're doing it for the hike. And that is that there is actual secret hidden purpose in the in in taking in the uh, I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I oh, have to, well. <laughs> dive! I gotta hear it. You have to have a goal. Yeah. You have to tell yourself on some level that you're going somewhere. Yes. 
Right. Yeah. Because it's really hard to just, uh, you know, decide to be lost. And that is we the don't want to be lost, yeah, do we? Yes, that's the tension you hear in this person asking the question: is that they're feeling like they need to explore themselves? Yeah. But that seems like being lost. It's like yeah. literally saying, "I'm lost. I don't know who I am or where I am." I think and you nobody don't- wants to feel. That's too you. You've, you're going to have to psychologically trick yourself. Yes, yes. And, and not in a horrible way. No. Like, just like, I think, let a really, let there be a really loose start and end. Like, yeah. when we start a hike, we know where we started and we know where it ends. And it's sometimes a loop and sometimes it's got a destination. Yeah. Um, whether, whatever that very sl- loose goal is, it's good to have some kind of loose goal. Yeah. So... It doesn't have to be a achievement. It can be a personal goal of like, well, I want to, I don't know, figure out, I, I want to feel more connected to self this year. Yeah. It could be like mine was this one word. I want to feel like I've explored deeply my connection to this one word. That was yep. my loose goal. Yeah. There's still a goal. Yeah. And, and there's still like limits and boundaries like within that, you know, like. I'm still limited to my own medium and I set myself even a few other boundaries within this piece of work. But I think then when you start going, because the goal is so loose and you've given yourself so much built in freedom by saying, we're just going to go now. We're just going to go. That's all. Um, There's like a secret hidden purpose in that. And by being present on a walk and not, this not letting it be about like like for example when we go on a hike sometimes we'll go on a hike because you need to talk through something and that feels like work and yeah. I don't feel like I saw where I was I can't like <laughs> I can't I can't do two senses at once I can't yeah. like I can't see and hear at the same time yeah. or something I don't yeah. know but like if you're talking I can't see and so <laughs> if we're on a hike sometimes I'm glad if the dogs are there. I'm glad if the kids are there because it kind of means we have to just be present. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize this for years. But when you're actually present, like if you're on a walk by yourself, even all you can do is be present. Like, and and, I mean, you can definitely distract yourself. Sure. But by being more present, like either in the art and the, the process or whatever it is, even just the moment of exploring something really loose, you notice things that you just forgot. Like you notice things that either weren't there before or you forgot what it felt like, or you, you know, you like all kinds of things are allowed to spark you because you've given, you've given, you've already given it that time, that, that freedom. And so like when we go on a walk and we're, literally going on a walk to just be kind of mindful and quiet I will see like 50 things that make me want to pin that make me want to draw that remind me of knitting or stitching or and you know that's what it's like when you're in that really free creative process is you're you're like open it's like it's a it is a flow state but you're also really open for things to come to you yeah yeah I mean there's a million bits to that and the um, openness to experience is a quality that 
when scientists talk about creativity, that's what they say. By the yeah. way, that's a, this is a common theme between Sophie and I is where she knows things by experience and I know them by reading about them. <laughs> accident. Uh, it's an accident. Yeah, but it's but you're you're um uh, I think in the next episode I'm going to explore when it is time to put it into a career because the key there is still to personalize the professional because yeah. that is the key. And that's why that's the whole thing of why I've felt like it's foundational to the show. It's foundational to being a human, especially a neurodivergent or weird person or whatever you want to call it is starting with the personal. Yeah. I feel so passionate about that. But then when you move into the professional that you don't lose it or shelve it or, or whatever. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it doesn't take away. It adds. It adds. Yeah. It, it doesn't make it less appeal less to people. Like that's kind of a, a lie we tell ourselves. Oh, if I make this piece of work and it's about my childhood, no one's going to like it. Yes. But it's not true. It's that. Uh, because actually it, there's lots of things within your experience and within what you choose to express that people relate to. Yes. And it, they don't just relate to it. But because you went deep, they feel a deeper connection to it. It's and that James Victory quoting James Joyce in the particular lies, the universal thing, which is very true. Again, you saying things that I've only heard people talk about other people saying, and then I have to, that's how I have to come to it for some reason. I, I think it's because I come at it conceptually yeah. first. I come out it. I come at it more like I feel it with yeah. my body yep. and <laughs> and and so I want in the in I'm gonna in the next episode I'm gonna talk about how people have gut feelings and actual feelings about a house with character and and sometimes those are bad feelings but sometimes those are good feelings and you have to bring that personal touch to your creative practice knowing that some people are gonna hate the character of a house yeah but other people are, yeah, that's what exactly. people are gonna love about it exactly um, it does feel like that it feels like you know. You have to approach your creativity like you would approach a house you'd live forever in. Yeah. Because you are going to live forever in yourself and you are going to, this creative Rather practice than the is, resale value. Exactly. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to make it yours. And we first. did that with our house. Yeah. In that we did make it our house and we did add character that we knew some people wouldn't like, but we didn't plan on selling it yes. until we knew we had, and I think had to or should or wanted to sell it. There were a couple people that saw it that were like, yeah, it's not for me. There were also people that saw it and were like, I have to have it. Yeah. Because they had that polarizing, you know, it, thing that character and personality and humanity does. But you have to, before you do that, you have to start with you. And I want to just put a little bow on this whole thing and talk about, I think ultimately there is a discernment of what do you need and I thought one thing that felt like a aha moment in a way was a few weeks back, you and I were talking about you feeling like you needed to play in your work. And I realized that you and I also conceptualize that impulse differently, but it's the same thing in that the way that I've always thought about my journey is what do I need to do next in a missional kind of way, like I'm 
like there's an external force saying the thing that you need to do that you need to achieve is this thing. Whereas you would come at it from, it it ends up being the same answer, but you would come at it as what do I need? What do I need? But ultimately, however you think about it, I think it's about not going to rushing to get ahead or, or catching up with the pack so that you can finish the hike. It is about getting into where you are right now and really connecting to what is the need? What is, what do you need as an artist in this moment of your process? And it was, and you said something. um, And I think, yeah. I think that there, there's a lot of people that will do personal projects, but even within the personal projects, yes. they're still they're still working with so much restraint. They're still trying so hard to create perfect, excellent Instagram worthy pieces of work. They're only letting go a little bit. And I think maybe what I explored before I came back at my creativity this year was how do you fully let go? Like, not because we all have time to just, you know, sit around doing nothing and, 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 you know, obviously, but like if you're already going to do a personal project and call it a personal project, at least see how many layers of letting go you can do because every single layer of, of extra letting go that you are able to do will be another layer that it's authentic be another just it's every single step that you step back is so much more value uh well i just want to add one bit which is ultimately to go full circle i i feel like the thing that i wanted this that i've started to want this show to be and and what it's become for me is uh, it is about not just making a creative career, but starting with a connection to yourself. And in story, which is kind of my ultimate teacher for that, that teaches me, the thing that the, the breakthrough for the uh, hero of the journey is always the same, which is they go out to get something that they want. And it's usually the wrong thing because it's not authentically connected to what they need. Mm-hmm. And the dragons and the obstacles that come at them are forcing themselves, forcing them to yeah, face it sounds, their need. It kind of sounds counterintuitive. Yes. When you want to make progress to do 100%. Nothing. And that happened to me in my career when I'm working at the jail. It seemed insane. You have to, to believe spend that all of my extra time deeper yes. value than that. Doing and something that I was for no no value, seemingly, yeah, Inher- yeah. But I want to I wanted to share one other thing that I just thought of. That is, it's such a new idea that it might not be fully formed, but there's something here to it. Like, I have been in such a mode of like, like a mum practical, like not embracing the side of my brain that is creative, that is deep, yeah. that is thoughtful, that is even academic like I've just been caught up in practical physical for so long that I don't remember having dreams really like 
it's almost like my body was just like, we're just sleeping now. That's it. Like, and that's like the a whole part of my brain just was not even barely turning. Yeah. And since I've, this year, since I gave myself this crazy goal of like, we're just going to like really explore self and, and like genuinely like it's, there's nothing, it ha- this has to be. I've started dreaming and I, when I first had a dream and I told somebody about it and I was like, oh, I don't usually dream. And then the second time I thought, oh, I said I didn't usually dream, but this is the second dream I've told them. And then I had another dream again. And then I had a dream last night and they are so deeply symbolic of what I'm exploring. They have, they're, they're like dreams that pull together um, visual influences they have like color schemes that I'm working through and they're all the they're all like weird poems that feed the whole word of the year theme that I'm exploring and it's it feels like this is the value there's a value that I have unlocked my brain is turned on in a new way that like it's something's going that wasn't. And as a huge Jungian fan, uh, that is the coolest thing ever <laughs> because the whole idea of dreams is the connection in, in Carl Jung's philosophy is the connection to self. Yeah. It is your connection to the deeper self. And then even sweeter than that, is that the deeper self gets at what you actually need. And so I feel like the CTA for this episode is not what you want, but what you need. So you want, yeah. maybe you want a portfolio, yeah. but what do I, you and need? And I do, I do want yes. to have finished pieces and I do want to, you know, have quantity of pieces. Like I, I yeah, want, you want, I that. want that eventually, yeah. but I know I need to do this work. And, and there's some really long-term value in giving it some time and space right now. And, I, and I'll give you a framework that I think about, and this is helping me in my own personal project that we've argued about all week, <laughs> is uh, the I've mentioned this on the show before, the idea of mine, refine, shine. You can think about it like creative gems. Yeah. Which do you need? Not which do you want. Yeah. Everybody wants to have I a know. bunch of gems that I was, are polished. I was trying to shine. Yes. And I needed to, to you need to go the back to the mine. mine. Because, <laughs> and, you, and it's so fascinating is what you had was a blank page. Yeah. So what you needed was to go in the dirt. And I get was the, shining, but I didn't have and, anything. And I've been there and that's what I did in college. When I was coming out of college, I yeah. was trying to shine nothing. Yeah. And, and, and so which, as you use your, you know, try to connect to your deeper self, which of those is a need? Because yes, there are times when, uh, you need to mine. There are other times where you need to shine. But that's also that really loose goal again of like, nobody's mining for the, nobody's sake of just purely. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I probably could because I'm weird. I get in physical modes, but most people who are mining, even though they're very much present in the mining, they know there's some loose goal of this is for something. Yes. You like you as this an archaeologist. Is, there's a future for this. If you were like, you can do that for like at a thrift store where you're just like enjoying the hunt. You can enjoy the hunt, but only if you know that sometimes you find something. Yeah. Like that. But I just wanted to highlight one thing is that 
I doing this episode made me realize like what I need for this project is the refining. It's the middle. Yeah. Cause I have the gyms. I know I do. Yeah. And I want to skip to shining them. And you've shined some of them. And I'm like, but I'm still, we're still in the tumbler. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, but there are times where just be aware there will be times like we have a project coming out. We have a project coming out that will need all the energy to shine it. Yeah. And by the way, most of the time your ego wants to do something that you don't need because we want to rush to the shine. But when we're in the shine phase of a project, we're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to do that because it's over. Cause you're over yeah. it. Yeah. You, what you need is always so different. And I, that framework, well, it's helped. You've helped me solve my problems. I hope it's relevant. You're to, welcome. Uh, I hope it's relevant <laughs> to, uh, yeah, the person that asked the question and everybody else, but it, um, it was a massive pleasure and we have to do this again before 300 more episodes have passed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was such a great conversation. And before we go, let's explore a really clear creative call to adventure for this week's episode. So here's your creative call to adventure. It is defining your creative battle cry. All right. Your creative battle cry. What that is, is it's an anti goal. It's not the thing that you want to do in this new season of your creative practice in this next phase. It's the thing that you're, you might want, but you're not going to do. And it's such a clarifying practice. Sophie and I talked about this in this episode, and then we've been having further conversations and, and I've been working in my own journal practice to try to get to a clear understanding. It's been bringing up some really, really powerful stuff. So here's how you do it to get your creative battle cry, your anti goal for this next season. What you have to do is forget all the wants for your creative practice, because we all want all kinds of things. We want our creative practice to be all kinds of things and bring us all kinds of things. But often all of those desires actually distract us from focusing on the one thing that our creative practice needs right now. And so what is the thing that you want that is getting in the way of you fulfilling that need? This is your anti-want, your anti-goal, The thing that you say, I will not blank in this next creative season. What is the want that is in the way of the need? So it might be you want success, but it's getting in the way of you having what you need, which is substance. You know, when I was starting out as an illustrator, what I wanted was client jobs, What I wanted was style, but what I needed was to get to know who I was as a creator. And, you know, there's a season where I might want to be taken seriously as a podcaster, but what I need is to get serious about connecting with my audience. You know, what I want might be to be seen by hundreds of people people, but what I need is to actually see myself. And that might mean making creative work that 
has no particular ability to be sold. It might be, uh, you know, diving into the, the setting up the right systems. Like what is the thing? What is the thing that continually is distracting you off of your path to meeting the need that your creative practice has right now? Because it might be, I want to have a million things in my Etsy shop, but what the need is, is I need to actually get one that works, right? So what, what is the want that is distracting you from meeting you, your need? What is the anti-goal of your creative practice? That is your creative battle cry. It's the thing you say, I am not doing this this year or this month or this quarter or this season. I am not going to allow myself to treat my creative practice in a way that's going to distract distract me from meeting the creative need. And I feel like if you will stop it and you'll get and you'll evaluate what you've been after in this past season of your creative practice, you'll be able to tap into what does it really need? What does the practice need right now? And there's a million wants, but it only has one need. What is the foundation that you need to lay for your creative practice today so that you can build all the other layers that you want to next? That's the creative call to adventure today. don't forget you can go check out Sophie's work at the thread house on Instagram and follow along with her creative journey and her new art quilt project. And if you got something from this episode that was uh, really necessary that you needed in your creative practice today, we'd really appreciate it if you would share it with someone who you know also might need to ground their creative practice in the next season, someone who's feeling a lot of tension, a lot of turmoil in their creative journey right now. If you know somebody in that zone, just go out on a limb and share this and say, hey, who knows? Maybe it helped you. Uh, Maybe it, it helped me. Maybe it'll help you. Who knows? Just take a risk. You can do it on social media. You can do it by text, whatever it is. Um, that just uh, massively helps us get out to more creators who might need a creative pep talk this week. Thank you to the Patreon backers who uh, support this show. We couldn't do it without you. If you are able to afford a couple bucks a month and support this show, it helps going to all the different costs that come up with making this show. You can go to patreon.com slash creative pep talk. We really appreciate our patrons. So thank you so much for doing that. Massive thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music and jingle and soundtrack. Thanks to Connor Jones of Pending Beautiful for editing the show and for sound design. Thanks to Katie Chandler, Ryan Appleton, and of course, Sophie Miller for all of the ongoing assistance of the podcast. This is just such a special episode for me to um, give you guys a little window into my wife, uh, Sophie Miller. Um, and all the ways that she has supported me over the past 15 years of my creative journey and throughout our our marriage. Just really special. I'm glad we got to do it for episode 400. Thank you for for supporting me on this crazy creative journey, and I hope we have 400 more episodes. Um, And until we speak again, stay pepped up. Stay pepped up.